Get ready to talk sports with Daryl. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver. Daryl knows the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now here's Daryl. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you know, this is Black History Month and we love our athletes of all races and colors, but because we get to celebrate Black History Month once a month, we have a guest on tonight, um, former University of Miami, Hurricane, um, played in the 70s, came to University of Miami actually in 1970. But we're going to talk a little bit about his history involved in sports while he was growing up. You know, because uh, Henry grew up in a time, Henry Radford, our guest, uh, grew up in a time where things were a little different than they are now. You know, um, and he grew up in Tennessee. Uh, Henry moved from Georgia to Tennessee. Um, so we're going to talk talk to Henry and talk about what's going on with him. He does a lot of a lot of great things now. He he really he really does. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's that's uh, actually actually. Um, Works with home with the homeless ministry, um, so you know we, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. And Henry was um, this only the second black player, African American player, football player, to be named All State in Tennessee. You know that alone is 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 quite an accomplishment. You know, and this was in 1969. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit uh, as as the show goes on, and and you know, but we're still some people are still talking about that sorry Super Bowl we had. You know, and um and who can blame them? And who who can really really blame them? You know, um. Still talking about Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever. And Tom said he don't want to be called that. You know, he 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 um he wants to be called a Super Bowl winner. He don't want to be called the greatest. He wants to be called a Super Bowl winner. I can, you know, and hey, you know what? Hey, who who's to say Tom? Phew, is not a, um, uh, 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 the greatest of all time. But when we start talking about the greatest of all time, we start talking about African-American athletes. Hey, it's, it's only one at the very, very top. And we'll go from there. You know, some athletes have been a lot of, have had a lot of controversy. And honestly, uh, this athlete here in today's society, he probably wouldn't last 10 minutes. I mean, I'm talking about Muhammad Ali, and with 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 the technology that we have today, and um, the way the way people write things and do things and see things, it's a little different. And but Muhammad Ali would have to be at the top of my list for for greatest African American athletes of all time. And uh, you know, we 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 can go from there. You know, and I and I and and if I was talking to my father when when I was growing up, as great as uh, as much as he loved Muhammad Ali when I was growing up in the seventies and the eighties, he would have still said 
There's only one greatest athlete of all time. That's Jackie Robinson, son. Jackie Robinson is the greatest, greatest African American athlete of all time. And and if I ask any one of my uncles who is the greatest athlete of all time, it wouldn't be a question either that uh, that they would say uh, Jackie Robinson. You know, and and some people, you know, and, and hey, I think we got Henry on the line. Henry, what's going on? Beautiful weather, got a little rain, but things continue to go my way, and God continues to bless me. How can I help you tonight? Amen, my brother. Henry, I love talking to you. You're such an inspiration all the time, whether I'm looking at you in person or talking to you on the phone, or every once in a while, thoughts of you run through my mind, and they're always good and cheer me up. I appreciate it, man. Hey, everybody has a gift and a purpose in life. I found mine after football, and that was helping people that nobody else cares for, to be concerned about people that everybody else doesn't look at. Those are the people that God gave me to take care of. Man, and thank God for you. Yep, and you're an inspiration okay. to me, and I feel a do, and I, I feel a duty and an obligation to help more people. And um, as I get older and see more things that I can and should be doing, I think I am. I see myself doing more. I, I'm doing things now, but I see myself doing even more. And uh, you're an inspiration, there, Henry. And you know, and um, when we when when I was uh, when I was talking about you, um, you know, you were telling me that your your, your father uh, was a Morehouse graduate. You know, and it wasn't we too did. many men that were college graduates at that time. Back, back then. then, right. Back and, then. Uh, and, you know, and my father uh, was very, very privileged to have had that opportunity. But my father also taught me, if you want to be important, help somebody. And that's all we have to do in this world is reach out and help somebody. At our, at our homeless ministry now, Someone offered free haircuts. Hello? Yeah, I'm here with you, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was said, sir, he said, how many people do you feed? I said, between 60 and 65 people uh, every Saturday. He says, well, uh, would you mind if my, uh, my son and myself come and cut half for free? I was like, sir, what do you mean for free? He said, no charge. And I could not help but ask him why. He says, I want to give something back. Right. That's what I'm talking and about. And that's the most important thing that, that, that we can do in life is give something back. Yeah, that's, that's so true. You know, and, um, and, and, and Henry, when, 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 you were, when you were growing up in, um, in Georgia, and you know, I know you moved from Georgia to Tennessee, you know, two, two, two places that were in the South. Um, would yes, you say hard. being in Georgia you know, it, during that time, yes. would that be considered like Jim Crow? Or was it after? That were certain places where you just didn't go. That were certain things you just didn't do. And then to Tennessee, I mean, but I was influenced by the fact that if you do the best you can, that's all we can do in this world. And then when I went to the University of Miami and I didn't get a chance to play, to achieve football stardom, I, I couldn't understand why. 
But then it occurred to me that God had a plan for me, better than football. And I, and I never would have said that 30 years ago. What could be better than football? Feeding hungry people, getting clothes, baby clothes, diapers, whatever people need, we try to help them find it or get it. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Henry. And, you know, uh, when we say when we say places people just didn't go, you know, um, as I as you know, growing up where I where I grew, I grew up in a small town called Palatka, Florida, uh, Ooh, up in North wait, Florida, in between Gainesville and St. Augustine, Florida. And, uh, and it was some places I just didn't go. You know, and uh, and I'll never forget. I, it, it was a restaurant, and that restaurant stands today. I won't call the name, but it stands today. And uh, and my dad said I couldn't go in that restaurant when I was a kid, so I ain't never been in there, son. I ain't never had nothing from that restaurant. And uh, and and I pass by that restaurant every once in a while when I go through town. I don't live in Palak, and I live in Palm Coast, but. I go there quite often, but I've never ate or never um, been inside that you, restaurant. Right, and you don't so, even go in. You don't even. I don't go even in. go in. I don't. I couldn't tell you what what I couldn't tell you what it looks like, and I'm you know, and it's been there all fifty four of my years of my life, and um, so uh, it's some places that you just didn't go to, Henry, and I know exactly what you mean, and uh, that's and just it, one of the places. Oh, and Polacco. Uh, because in a in Tennessee, if you went to one of those restaurants, you had to go to the back, and they feed you through a window, and that was you know that was dehumanizing. You have to go to the back. You don't come in. You can't come in. They feed you through the window. But times have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I was beyond that. I didn't I didn't experience things like that. But, you know, those, those are the kind of experiences, I guess. So and I, but but trust me, you know, my father made it clear to me that he experiences he experienced those things throughout his life. And uh, and he was very, um, you know, proud of the, the fact that we lived in a, in a in an era throughout the 70s and the 80s. Uh, that 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 we didn't really have to experience that thing, those kind of things. Now it was still places and stores, um, not in my neighborhood, not in my neighborhood, but in my area, that blacks were on one side and whites were on the other side. You know, that's yes, just, yes, yeah. Where where if you went to one of those places, the black people couldn't try on clothes. You uh, uh, no, no, you can't try them on that. But hey, times have changed. And uh, thank you for this opportunity, because every time we talk, it makes me understand that I was fortunate to find my purpose in life. Yeah. And, I, you know, Henry, I'm so happy that you not only found it, but you're sharing it with us, man. And, um, and, and, and um, it means a lot. Hey, we got a call on the line. I think this is um, Reginald. What's going on, Reginald? Doing good, man. What's going on with that, that, that bad guy you were talking to there? Hey, this man, I'm telling you, he's a bad, bad man, Henry Radford, man. Uh, Henry, Henry's doing a lot of wonderful things in South Florida, and he's only the second African-American football player in Tennessee history to be named All-State. Now, you know, he had to be, he, you had to be a bad, bad man, Henry, to be named All-State in, in 1969, was it? 
1970. And then I come down, and then I come down to Miami, Florida, and who? Chuck Foreman, Burgess Owens, Woody Thompson, Tom Sullivan. But I was fortunate. All of them boys. Yes, yes. So I was fortunate that I was that I was informed that if you're going to be here for four years and you leave without a degree, it was a waste of time. And that changed my whole life. Then yeah. instead of being a, instead of being a star, my, I went to class. You probably know my cousin, uh, uh, Donna Ginny, I played for uh, Chicago, uh, uh, Chicago Bear. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was the pipeline to the pros. But, you know, after I got a degree in history, and a minor in psychology, and then I uh, learned how to deal with special needs kids. I was blessed. You know, football was you wonderful. Blessed. You know, football is wonderful, but life is better than football. Yeah, football what got you in the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's what got me started. But uh, what I do now, I wouldn't trade it, and it sounds corny when I say it. But what I do now, I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars. Because money pays yeah, by happiness. You're a good yeah. guy because we need people like you to help people like that. Yeah. And, and hopefully he's a, he's a motivator for all of us, Reginald, to go out and do more. Because you don't have to look far to find somebody in need or some, find somebody that needs a, a, not, not, a not necessarily a, a, a helping hand, but just a little bit of a little bit of motivation and encouragement, and sometimes yeah. you might have to do a little help, and it might not always be money, and like like Henry has always said, that's not always money, but you know sometimes it might be giving somebody a pair of socks, and because um, right. that's what they need. See now that right because the please remember this, the most important thing when you deal with the homeless is a pair of socks. They wear they wear socks for a week at a time. So that's why at our church, the strongest thing we do is clothes, of course, but socks. Something as simple as three pair of socks, $3, and you give them to somebody. You don't have to say yeah. anything. You know, you, you got to say nothing. No no that's how God uh, bless you when you don't say nothing. See, young man, I don't know where you learned that, but yes, when you do it in secret, that pleases God. He don't want you to, hey, hey, Bob, come over here. How did you know that, young man? Bless you in open. You better stop, sir. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I became, what I didn't teach me in my church. Uh, yeah, they teach me in my Bible study. I, I'm, I'm constantly going to Bible study and going to church. That was well, young man, that you know, that's why people ask me all the time, Coach, how come you don't uh, be, you know, how come you don't? I said, I don't want that. If I do it, and everybody, there's a verse that says, when you do it like that and get praise of men, you already got your blessing. That's it. But when you do it secretly, when when you give secretly, God will reward you openly. That's right. He sure will. The Bible is telling you the truth. All you got to do is follow the word. Oh, you, you ain't going to yes. the word of God. 
So well, but if the same thing going on with the word of God in this world, nobody want they don't want to hear the word. When they when they hear the word, they they close the ear. But they, uh, later on, they gonna have to open the ear. Oh yes, because people ask me, how do you do it every Saturday? How? I said, because somebody is always home. That's that's for sure, Henry. Somebody's always in need. Yep. You know, yeah. and uh, and you know, sometimes it's not the not the, the people that we think that are always in need that are in need. It's not sometimes it's that family. When you look at a family, you think they're doing well, but um, they're not doing so well. Yeah. Hey, Reginald, thanks for giving us a call, man. We appreciate you calling us. We're here every Monday night talking sports, talking uh, a variety of things on the variety show here on Sports Info UM, VoiceAmerica.com. We appreciate it, Reggie. Okay, maybe I'll be blessed, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yep. yep. Hey, Henry. Um, you know, um, Reginald said a, a powerful thing, and and you said it. You you said it too. You know, when you do things and and not look for a reward or a pat on the back, you do it from your heart. Man, it means so much more to to it, it means something to you, and I can see. I, I feel what you're saying. You know, you receive a special blessing from God when you do it from your heart and not expose it to the world. Because when you expose it to the world, hey, uh, everybody know you've already got your blessing. When you know, somebody else, when, when man pats you on the back and say, hey, thank you, you did a good thing, you did a good thing. But when you do it from your heart and keep it a secret, and you and God know, and that person that you did it for, even if you tell that person, I think that's real special. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about the 60s and the 70s in Miami and Tennessee and even back in Georgia. And we'll be back after these messages with more Sports Info UM on voiceamerica.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. 
Call them today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Henry Radford on the show. And uh, Henry is the only, the, only the second African-American player in Tennessee history to make All-State in football. Hey, Henry, one question. When you made All-State in football that year, how many other African-American players were on that All-State team that you know of? Uh, it was one uh, one other player, and he went to the University of uh, Tennessee. I did not. I came to Miami because I was tired of being one or two black players on the team. And in and in uh, 1970, I would have been the second black at the University of Tennessee, and I was mm. tired of that. Uh, but when I came came to Miami, it was Ray Bellamy was the first. Uh, Ray Bellamy. He's had Ray on our show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Ray Bellamy was the first. And then Tom Sullivan of the Philadelphia Eagles. And then uh, Chuck Foreman, Minnesota Vikings. We've had Burgess Chuck on our show. You know, uh, New York Jets. And uh, so when Henry Rapper came down here from, from Tennessee, I thought I was going to be the one. But you find out that life is just like sports. There's always somebody better. Yes, it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. and but I, I took that and it changed my life. So when these people come to me and say, Coach, how can you smile all the time? I tell them I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed. Man. And yeah. these people that I help... They never forget. And when they get on their feet, like for Christmas, when they get on their feet, 20 years later, they come and say, Coach, I got some bicycles out in the car. I got some toys. Now, this kid is 30 years old. I'm, I'm 64. And, and I said, Ronald, what are you doing here? I remember that Christmas. You got bicycles for me and my brother. And all you asked for my mother to do was make you a cake or a pie so you could wow. feed it to the hungry. He said, I never forgot that. So, I mean, hey, it, it is it is without a doubt the best thing I've ever done in my life. Well, Henry, we got Damon on the line, and uh, you've been a great inspiration for me, and I know you're inspiration to all of our listeners and our callers. Damon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Daryl? Hey man, we we talking Black History Month this with this month, and our guest is Henry Radford, only the second African American player in Tennessee history to um, to be all state. And he came to New York University of Miami. And at the time when he was here, it was only uh, it was six black players on that team, wasn't it, Henry? Yep, yep, yep. Wow, and that that was an incredible number in nineteen seventy. Oh, back back then, back then that was incredible. You look at programs now, you see Alabama play, you see Georgia play. Out of the 11 players, usually it's 9 or 11 Afro-Americans. Yes. That, oh, that's yes. how much it has changed. Yeah. 
And I, I can remember my mom just as clear as day when we were watching games and she'd say it out of her mouth. I remember a day Georgia wouldn't have one black player on their team. Oh, yeah. No, no. Georgia? Oh, that that wasn't even thought of. You know, that wasn't yeah. even thought of. Yeah. And, Matter of uh, fact, Kentucky now kept a try- bad team because they wouldn't play because they wouldn't have black players on their team. They just rather have a bad what? team than to have black players on their team. Now, now coming from Tennessee, going to Tennessee, how was that experience? You know, I mean, you got to think it's a southern state; they'll probably be the same, you know, as Georgia and Alabama. How was that coming up? You know, it, it's it's how much. Football has changed now. When you saw Clemson and Alabama, you saw almost everybody was Afro-American. Yes. But, hey, times have changed now. Yeah. Yes, it has. And, 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 and Henry, and when you were growing up in Tennessee, did you play with any white guys on your high school team? Yes. I was a – Chattanooga Central, that was a – High school in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was the second black person to walk in the school. We get out of here. I was uh, I was terrified. I was. I can only imagine you. You the only the second black person to ever walk in Tennessee Central High School. Central What's, High School, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was the second black person to walk in. A little girl, Deborah Wiley, walked in. Before me, I was terrified, but my mother had told me, if you want opportunities, if you want to play college football and get a scholarship and see the world, this is where you have to start. And four years later, four years later, four years later by my senior year, it was everything had changed. I was the player. I was the man. We, we became friends. At our reunion we had this summer, we're now in our 60s, and we still remember the first time they saw me and the first time I saw them. A lot of them had never been close to a black person, and they were surprised that we could talk. We were intelligent. We had feelings. But I learned they're good people, too. So it was, yes, yes. No doubt. No, No doubt about it. Please, you know, I, I'll be the first to say it. Please, some of the some of the best you know, are, are 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 part of my life, and they're not black. They're you know so. All right, you know, you know I, hey, we became we became such friends when we had our prom, and we bought our dates. We sat together, the football team, just you know, the the black players and the white players, and our dates. We sat at the same table. Laughing and joking. By my senior year, it was it was another Reuben Justice went to Mill Tennessee University. He was the second he was the second black to play at Central High School. So by the time you so left high school, how many blacks were at that school? By the, oh, four years later when I graduated, thirty five. Wow! Wow! So that you you paid your way and you didn't even you didn't realize it. I had no no idea, but my mother knew that the opportunities would be for you like scouts came to see me play. 
Had I went to a predominantly black high school back then, scouts didn't even waste their time. No, they didn't. You know, uh, and my mother was right. So when uh, C- Coach Hughley rec- recruited me, I was a first. I was the first Afro-American in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to get a scholarship to Miami, Florida. My mother was so proud. Wow. Well, Henry, I'm going to tell you, man, you are are truly a trailblazer, you know, and uh, we're so happy and fortunate to have you on our show. Damien, you have any questions for Henry? Yes. You you mentioned you were terrified when you you were like the second black uh, person to go uh, to that high school. School, yeah. Now, now, um, how, how was that experience for you? They're, as you walk in the door, they're hollering, they're screaming, go back to Africa, what are you doing here? Think, oh, oh, where's your tail? Have you, that was a misconception then, you've never heard this, that they thought Black people had tails. I mean, it was incredible. It, it was a, it was a fear. It was a hate. So they didn't know. So the first time after practice, when I took a shower, they all came in and watched. <laughs> That's now, not funny. Today, I know. Is that incredible? That's incredible. incredible. You know, I've heard these stories before, too. You know, I'm I'm telling you, me and my dad had a big open relationship about a lot of things. He was, you know, he's one of those people that made sure he sat down at dinner table every night. And it was nothing you couldn't ask my father about that he wouldn't tell you the honest truth. And uh, and and he told me a lot of things about a lot of things, Henry. And I've had that conversation about the tales and black people. But it's kind of funny that you. And I went home that night and. My mother said, son, if you quit, you will prove to them that when push come to shove, black people quit. When the heat get hot, they get afraid. Black people quit. Son, please don't quit. My mother is now 89 years old. She's in a nursing home. Some days she knows me. Some days she don't. But she made sure that her son stuck it out. And and by my sophomore year, when I would catch the bus, my first year, my freshman year, nobody would sit. When I sat down, nobody would sit even anywhere. My sophomore year, my second year at Central, one or two. My senior year at Central, we all sat together. They were sitting with me. Yeah. So, you know, and and the bus driver who who T.L. Young, the bus driver. Who refused to pick me up? Three years later, I get on the bus. He goes, "Hey, Henry, why don't you sit right there?" <laughs> I was, I was, I know. I mean, you know, it's incredible how how some people treat you once they get to know you, and it's and it's a lot. A lot has to do with fear, you know. And, and once you're not fearful of something, you know, you can you you're all right with it. It's good, you know. Um, I mean, go ahead, um, Henry. It, you know, it got, by my senior year, I would go over to their house to eat. And they would come over to my house to eat. And back then, in 1970, when I'm in that white neighborhood, they're following me. As I pull in the neighborhood to go to Underhill's house, the police following me. By my senior year, I go to Mary Hills, they'd be, hey, 
Hey, Henry, man, you played great last night. It was incredible. <laughs> and they were coming in the black neighborhood. Hey, how y'all doing? We became friends. That was when I learned the most important lesson in life. Color is nothing. When I got to know them and they got to know me, to this day, whenever we have a reunion, we always talk about what it was the first time. Hey, they would tell me quick. I had never talked to a black person. I never knew a black person. I thought, oh, y'all, I mean, and I had the same misconceptions about them. They're cruel. They're mean. They're sneaky. They're afraid. But you found out, hey, but that was my change in my life. And, uh, hey, I give all the credit to my mother who saw that that was the future. Now, in high school, UM just went through it. Recruiting of players, these kids now, whew, you know, but it was different then. Yeah. Any more questions? Yeah. But that's how crucial it was. Yeah, I knew I, that if I quit, no, nobody else would go to Chattanooga Central and try to play. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, to this day, you still got people trying to, um, you know, put racism in their everyday life, and it's it's, it's it, that's frowned upon um, amongst my friends because, like I said, you can't judge a book by its cover, and the right, people right. read it. Yeah, you're an inspiration, man. No, I was, hey, I was fortunate that God picked me to say, by my senior year, uh, by my senior year, uh, I was MVP, and I I made this speech. I'll never forget. I said, I was the best, I was one of the best running backs in Tennessee, but I named all five of my linemen, Mike Underhill, Bobby Downs, Jimmy Stewart, T.L. Young. I said, those five guys there, they sent me to college. Oh, people went crazy. My mama started crying. <laughs> uh, said, hey, David, thanks for calling, man. Don't college. be a stranger. We're here every Monday night talking sports, and we get a little history this month, trying to anyway. Hey, but we appreciate it, Jamie, Damon. Thanks for having me. Hey, have, have a good night, Henry. Hey, thanks uh, again, young man. Uh, and Henry Young, no you know, problem. Damon said it well when he said, you're an inspiration, man. You really are an inspiration to um to all of us, no matter what our race is. Um, you know, um and 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 God couldn't have picked a, a better person, man, uh no a better family to to for this to happen to. You know, for you to be the the only the second person to walk through central doors, central Tennessee's doors at that time. Um Hey, man, and I can only imagine some of the things that they were yelling out to you on that oh, day. When oh, come on. Come. I mean, it was like, go back to Africa, look at that monkey. You know, go back to mm-hmm. Africa, look at that monkey. I can't wait and, to see and, that Let's not twist it, man. I know it was some N-words thrown like a mug in that yellow, too. You know, come that on. Was under, you, know? you know, that was understandable. But I had one other thing that kept me. My mother told me, son, you just as good as anybody else in the whole world. Yeah. And then, you know, and at my first football practice, when we start hitting each other, they found out black people not afraid. Let's huh. play. Let's you play. Know, let's play. Let's get it on. And they were, yeah. hey, and they were hitting me. Hey, 
and they would hit me as a cheap shot, and I'd help them up and say, "Good hit, man." Hey. <laughs> I mean, and uh, I was wait, just Henry, You be getting off the ground and they be diving on you, huh? You, you, oh, oh, cheap shot. I mean, when we would play other teams, when we would play other teams, our coach would tell the other coach in front of the referees, I don't mind you hitting me, but if it's going to be any cheap shots, then we're not going to. It was always two or three cheap shots. Yeah. But God protected me. And yeah. then oh. after, by, by my junior year, my teammates would jump on them. I'm like, come on, under here. We got no on here. Ain't no it was it was wonderful. It was yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, well, well um Henry man, I, I really appreciate this. You know, we gonna we're gonna hold you through the break. Hey, we got a call on the line. We only got a couple of minutes for the break. Red, what's going on? Red, you with us? Well, no. Red, what's going on? Well, Henry, yeah, I thought we had yeah. read, but we're gonna hold. We're gonna um, keep you on for a while. I hope. And, but, but Henry, you know, when we start talking about, I've had some some situations in my life that being an athlete that um, that were. I, I don't necessarily say I, I, they'd have to be racist. Um, my my senior year, I'm going in. We beat this team called Jacksonville Lee, the Lee Generals. And, yes, um, yes, yes. Elite Generals, yeah. So we we beat them in the playoffs, and and in this particular game, uh, everybody from my high school followed the high the high school bus from Palatka to Jacksonville. So they get there in Jacksonville to this little small stadium, and I mean it was small. By the time the Lee General fans got there, our whole fans had taken over the whole stadium. I mean, it was, they didn't have any place to sit. They were standing up watching the game. So anyways, we beat them in this playoff game. Great game. Um, but after the game, this guy walks up to me. And I'll never forget, one of his, hand, one of his fingers was missing. And I shook his hand. He, sh- he reaches out, shakes my hand. And he says, good game, nigga. And I was like, oh, it just, I mean, it blew, blew my high. I'm like, oh, my and God. He meant what? That. He meant that. Oh, boy, that. did he mean it. Boy, did he mean it. And my dad was so fire hot. My dad was about to jump on this man. And my mom's like, leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's just mad because we whooped him. And and she was so right. He was just mad and angry. And he wanted to bring me down as best about as far as she could. And he did. And, Henry, we're going to take a quick commercial break, man. When we get back, we got some people holding on, want to talk to you, want to give a little bit more about what's going on in your life. We'll be right, right, right back after these messages.
think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we got Red on the, on the line. But before we talk to Red, we got Henry Radford still on with us talking a little bit about black history and black history moments in sports and in his career. Hey, Henry, what's going on with you, buddy? Thanks for holding on and hanging out with us throughout this show, man. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Well, Henry, we got Red on, on, on hold, and let's talk to him right now. Red, what's going on? What's up, Daryl? Hey, loving life, man. We got Henry... T- telling us what it was like to be only the second African-American in Tennessee history to make the all-state team. Yep. And he, and he was telling me Miami, where at least there were other black players at the University of Miami. Yes, right. Yeah, it, was, it was five of us. Hey, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the luckiest man in the world. How many people find their purpose in life? You know, I wanted to be a big shot. I wanted to be chairman of the Deacon Board. But the Lord needed somebody to wash dishes. And 23 years ago, I started doing that. And now, 23 years later, we feed 65, 70 people every week. We do clothes. And just recently, someone is going to come and give us free haircuts. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and people come. Please remember this. People come the first time out of curiosity. They they come the second time 
to make sure they were right. And the third time in 23 years, they asked me one question. Coach, when can I come and help? I said, what do you mean? He said, Coach, when can I come and help? And they find out what I found out 23 years ago. The more you give, the more you get back. The more you'll get back, yeah. And and they come and they understand these people. They never caught a break in life through education or drugs or, you know, babies or whatever. They never caught a break. But suddenly they're in a situation now where they know on Saturdays they can get food, clothes, toiletries, toothpaste. I mean, people like you come to the church and bring razors and bring toothpaste and bring toiletries. And I asked them, why are you doing this? And they said, Coach, I want to feel like you feel. And they bring it, and then they watch it, and the next thing I know, they're coming to help. So, you know, am I, am I blessed that I have people who understand these people? We give them hope, the most important thing. But, Red, thanks for calling, and thanks for showing interest. Because most people, they think these people don't really matter. Yes, sir. And, Henry, when we say, when we say um, people, these people, I, I, you know, Miami is a, is, a, is, a, is a melting pot of culture. Oh, you know, we, oh have we have Haitians, we, we have, have Jamaicans, we, we have, have... We have gone. black, we have white, we have Cubans, we have Haitians. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, word gets out. Go to St. James Baptist Church and ask for this man named Coach. And they come. <laughs> hey, I like and they that. come. I like that. And hey, there I I am blessed to say. And they come and say, "You must be coach." I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Da da da, coach. Can I just get some socks? Can I just get some clean underwear?" I said, first, wash your hands and sign in." And I like to keep a poster board for everybody who comes, because just between me and you, sometimes. I look at this and say, every every Saturday, we feed this many people. And they do that, and they go to the bathroom and, and come out. And because of the staff God gave me, their plate is waiting. And when they finish eating, and when they finish eating, this girl named Arlene, she got clothes for them. And they get clothes, and they get socks, toiletries. It's, it, it's wonderful. And all yeah, I do is, is sit Hey, Rick, and all I do is sit there and say, Lord, you in charge. Right. Yeah. Now, now, Henry, you know, when uh, when we were talking earlier about you being only the second black player to be All-State, who was the first uh, African-American player to be All-State in Tennessee history? What's his name? He was a Haskell Stanback. He went to the University of Tennessee. He was from Knoxville. He went to the University of Tennessee. He was the first black player at the University of Tennessee. But his first year, it was just him. Could you imagine? Of course, nobody wants to be your roommate. Of course, right. when you sit down, everybody get up. Of course, when you go to the shower, everybody leaves. Of course, when you try to make any eye contact or be with your teammate, they look at you like you're crazy. 
boy, I ain't your friend. I mean, it was, but he survived it. But I was fortunate. I came to UM, but uh, yes, and he went on to start him with the Atlanta Falcons, but he said that first year, but could you imagine waking up in the morning and in a college now, they have a training table and they wake up everybody but you. Yeah. I mean, it, they did everything they could to drive him away. But he stuck it out. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, and I can only imagine some of the horrific things that he had to go through that he he's never told anyone uh, and probably oh, never no, will right. tell anyone you know, uh, I mean, because they're so me embarrassing and, and degrading. I mean, that he could never, people wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it, that he stayed. That's what, that's what you call a man of perseverance right there, man. See, that's what it's all about. I mean, can you stay when nobody wants, when I started 23 years ago, I can't cook. Well, what did I do? We had hot dogs. Every week, we had hot dogs, baked beans, and sweet tea. And I did that for almost three months. And right when I was about to give up, a man walked in there and said, you know what you need, coach? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, you need a cook. I said, yes. He said, I want to cook. Willis Eubanks. I said, I said it's, it's no salary. It's no pay. It's no glory. He said, I want to cook. <laughs> I thought he was crazy. <laughs> Be careful what you ask the Lord for. And, and sure enough, and sure enough, that next week he came in there and he said, "Coach, come out to the car." We go. Out. I'm thinking, "Oh my God, what is going to be out here?" I, we go out to the car. He got fried chicken, mashed potatoes that you could see the butter in them, uh, <laughs> green beans, <laughs> and cornbread. Huh? Huh? <laughs> you know what I did? I went in the bathroom and cried like a baby girl. I came out. Uh, my homeless people said, Coach, what a hot dog. I said, guys, God sent me a cook. A cook. Yeah. And after that, wow. and after that, he stayed with me for 12 years. And after that, it became so good that people in our church and people in the community, if you don't take Coach some food, Something wrong with you. Cause he got a cook. I mean, cornbread, <laughs> cornbread, liver and gravy, liver <laughs> and gravy with onions. And people looking at me, and 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 guess what I was doing? Washing dishes. Same and thing I started. Yeah. And I was. Well, and what's the name of the ministry again? So people can know and um and you know if anyone wants to give out donations or give you guys a shout oh. out. Or help in any uh, way possible. Yes. Um, let us St. James Baptist help. Church, ministry to feed and clothe the homeless. And, hey, we take socks. We take anything. Because, Repeat that for us again. You know, oh, St. James Baptist Church, Miami, Florida. 3500 Charles Avenue. 
got it. Coconut Grove, uh-huh. Florida. Coconut Grove, and Florida. You get stars, so you get stars in your crowd for that, Coach. Well, <clears throat> hey, young man, it's him. Every time, every time when I was about to stop, like like the Lord sent me a cook. Then the next thing I know, this lady comes to me and says, you know what you need, Coach? I said, oh, my God, everybody tell me what I need. I said, I need Jesus. She started laughing. You need every once in a while. He said, every, he said, every once in a while, Coach, you need a cake or a pie or some cookies. Yeah. I, I said, ma'am, hello. <laughs> the money comes out of either my pocket or people just, people used to just come by the church and give me money. I'm saying, what are you doing? Coach, and she and and I said, "Ma'am," she goes, "Coach." The next Saturday, she came and had two apple pies. I said, "What are you doing?" Wow. She said, "Wow." And and after that, people in the people that we help, I have a saying that I should never use it, but a favor for a favor, a life for a life. When we help you. Bring me something back, some cookies, a pie, some beer. Absolutely. You know, something that, you know, that these people who we're helping, they ask me all the time, Coach, what do you tell these people? I tell these people when they give to these homeless people, what they're doing is getting a blessing from God. You know, a lot of them don't even leave their name. I said, excuse me, sir, could you just... Tell me your name. He said, Coach, what's your name? I said, <laughs> 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 I said, and all they want to do is give. And all they want to do is give. And the lady, she stayed with me until she passed away. She would bring apple pie, German chocolate cake. And I looked at her. I said, ma'am, can you afford this? And guess what she told me? Could I not afford to do it? And after wow. that, and, and after that, and we oh, and we have our doors open to anybody, black, white, whatever. If you're hungry, if you need hope, come see Coach. And, and Henry, let's don't forget, you know, you guys help everybody. You the LGBT um, community, oh, you yeah. help everybody. Oh, oh yes, hey, I had LGBT four guys came, uh, and. And they came to the back door, not the front, and they said, the other places, they won't let us in. Can we come in? I said, guys, the day I can stand at the door and decide who can come in and who can't, then I'm in the wrong place. I said, be Amen, right. brother. And Amen. Well, Henry, we got to get out of here, man. We got less than 30 seconds. Red, thanks for giving us a call. Henry, man, we love you. Love you being on the show. I know you're going to be like on. Music, coach. This ain't your first. This ain't hey, your second or your last time. Appreciate it. It's all Thanks, mine, guys. young man. And, in, and the next time you see somebody, get them some socks. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Yes, Thank you, Dad. Yes, Thanks, Henry. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Sports Info UM on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.